Hello and welcome to the TV Arc on the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah, and it's just me. Uh, no Gavin in the, in the other seat today, no special guest, just flying solo. Uh, as promised, the Here and Now cast is here. Now I'm going to be here for the next nine weeks, and I'm going to be covering the uh, latest HBO show, Here and Now, which is, of course... Uh, about the life and times of Mr. Luther Vandross, naturally. No, it's, uh, it's, of course, the new Alan Ball show. Uh, and if you listen to the most recent episode of the TV arc, you heard my favorite show of all time happens to be Six Feet Under created by Mr. Allen Ball. You may also know him from True Blood, a show that I did not follow, but uh, he also was not there for the entire run of, admittedly, and kind of went downhill. So he, uh, you know, what kind of fandom he brings to this, I'm not quite sure, definitely seems to be pitched more towards the Six Feet Under crowd. So on his name alone and the trailer and the basic setup that I had, that was enough for me to jump on board and say, hey, you know, we haven't really done an episode-by-episode episode recap for anything yet. The TV arc is a new feed here, so here we are, and we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll get into the critical reaction to Here and Now a little bit later, but I'll, uh, I'll walk you through the pilot, uh, which hopefully you've watched at this point. If not, maybe this gives you an excuse to go sit down and watch it uh, if you have HBO or if you want to try a, a trial when a few more episodes are up so you can just binge through them. Anyways, uh, so, yes, we're here, episode 1, 1111. Uh, I will jump back just slightly, again, Six Feet Under, my favorite show, so I come into this with a certain level of expectation and hope that it's gonna capture a little bit of that magic, or at least scratch that itch, and I have to say right off the bat, it definitely does that with the pilot. Maybe not in the best way, though, and we'll get into that. So, we open with a, uh... A dream sequence and or vision. We're not quite sure uh, what that is at this point. Uh, immediately engaging. Shot very, very, uh, very brightly and boldly. And is doing kind of this uh, fast forward, uh, kind of stitchy, glitchy editing effect. Uh, so we immediately know that something is off kilter. Uh, kind of reminiscent of some of David Lynch's work, and particularly in like Twin Peaks uh, Season 3, The Return. Just kind of like staticky movement and really, really jarring. Really grabs your attention uh, from the get-go. And we see a woman on a beach in a red dress with a small child next to her. And she's screaming for Ramon. Ramon, okay? <clears throat> and she proceeds to uh, rip uh, part of her face off. Just digs her nails right into the side of her face. And uh, continuing to scream for Ramon... Boom, we wake up, and uh, no no opening credits to speak of. I don't know if we'll get them next week. I know some shows decide to open that way uh, before they introduce us to the opening credit sequence, but of course Six Feet Under, which I'll continue to mention throughout this cast, uh, partly because I rewatched the pilot and uh, the first two episodes earlier today, actually, somewhat in preparation because I knew it was going to be talking about here and now, but also because I've been meaning to start it up again. Uh, it's as I said, my favorite show. I usually try and watch it at least once a year, and uh, was kind of prompted uh, 
sad to say, uh, because I've lost a handful of family members recently, and Gavin and I haven't really talked about that on any of the cast. Uh, it's been going on kind of behind the scenes, but uh, in the span of about a month and a week or so, uh, we lost our Uncle Kent, who we had a tribute to on thearcofe.com. Uh, also lost my great-aunt uh, Bev and my great-uncle Duke uh, on my mom's side of the family. And just recently, my grandpa Bud, my uh, dad's dad. So all of that uh, in a very quick span, still kind of processing it, to be honest. Uh, this is the most like confessional I've ever been on a podcast. This is weird, but I guess this is what happens when nobody's here. Uh, anyways, uh, so I've been, you know, thinking about that. Definitely going to be going to uh, a handful of funerals soon. So we'll, uh, yeah, I guess I was like, maybe I need to get back into the mindset of uh, how you process grief, which is definitely something that Six Feet Under uh, can help you with. The pilot alone can help you with. So I recommend anybody who has not watched that show, dive into it. And you'll hear me uh, call back to the pilot because there's a lot of uh, similarities right off the bat between these two shows. So right back into it. Uh, we wake up with Ramon from this vision, a uh, very intense dream, and he proceeds to a laundromat slash coffee store uh, where we're introduced to a... Uh, a very flirty, fun, engaging scene with uh, this barista who apparently he's been, you know, he's seen quite a bit uh, in his daily routine. And we get an instance, uh, our first instance of the episode title, 1111. There is a digital clock on the wall and he notices it right at 1111 and it's uh, it's kind of that glitchy thing again. Uh, it's It seems to be calling out to him and he even mentions this to the barista and yeah so it's on his mind they're you know it's up front and center like pay attention to this and again it's the episode title whether you know that going in or not so uh we proceed or during the sequence excuse me uh we are introduced to more of the family proper they are the uh the boatwright family okay so we were introduced to ramon in the opening and then we transitioned through a phone call over to audrey the, the matriarch, played by Holly Hunter, and uh, Sosie Bacon, I believe, is Kristen? Yes, I believe she is the youngest daughter, okay, and they are riding in a car, there's some uh, fun banter between them. Immediately, uh, Kristen, the, the youngest, the baby of the bunch, reminds me of Claire uh, from Six Feet Under, played by the, the brilliant Lauren Ambrose. A character uh, that I had several seasons or stretches where I was a huge fan of her and several stretches where I did not like her so much and where she was a little bit abrasive and a little hard to take or uh, invest in as much. But you kind of go through that with all the characters in Six Feet Under. That's one of the things I love about it is it's, you know, they're all characters that you enjoy watching regardless of how much you uh, identify with their decision making at any given time. So... From the get-go, she's giving me, like, late Six Feet Under uh, Claire vibes. Basically, kind of that art school pretentious phase that she goes through, and then afterwards, kind of before she finds her way. Uh, yeah. So, we're introduced to them, and again, Kristen is the only biological child of uh, Audrey and Greg, played by Tim Robbins and the aforementioned Holly Hunter. And we're shortly after introduced to two more uh, of the siblings in this multicultural family. 
uh, Jerika Hinton as Ashley and Raymond Lee as Duke. And we meet uh, Ashley in a uh, design studio. I'm not quite sure what she does, but she's dressing down an employee. And uh, there is another guy present. I don't know if he's there for the day or if he works there consistently. I'm still kind of confused on that. But uh, he mentions that he has blow, and she's immediately intrigued. So shortly after, boom, they are getting drinks with uh, the brother, Duke, played by Raymond Lee. And we get a little bit of the background of the family in this sequence and them explaining that, yes, they, uh, while some people might think it's cool, oh, you have this multicultural family, everybody's adopted from all these different countries, which uh, basically America screwed over uh, in the eyes of the parents uh, at some point. So uh, Duke is adopted from Vietnam. I forget where specific, there's a joke made of it. I forget where Ashley is from. Uh, I'll get back to that later. And uh, I honestly did not pick up on where Ramon came from yet, but I'm sure we'll get more and more into that. I hope that that is handled well in the show. I can't quite get a handle on uh, what it's going to be like thus far. And again, we'll get into the, the critical reception, but I'm trying to say that to the end because I watched this straight through uh, without looking at any critical response and, you know, but I dove through some reviews real quick before I jumped on Mike because I wanted to see what other people are thinking of it right now. So more on that in just a little bit. We know that we're building up to the 60th birthday of the patriarch, uh, Mr. Tim Robbins, and we move over to him for a little bit, and boom, uh, first episode, we're introduced to the fact that he's cheating on Holly Hunter with a prostitute who he apparently sees regularly, and she seems to have actually a decent amount of investment in him, at least that's how it comes off for a bit. And, but we immediately see him afterwards just kind of like grief stricken. And we don't know if it's directly related to that or just the, the weight of his birthday, the guilt over this, that he's hiding it. Like, we don't know, but obviously a very troubled, uh, troubled man, uh, poor Tim Robbins. So, uh, I kind of was getting Nathaniel Fisher vibes, uh, or Nathan Sr., if you will, from Six Feet Under. Uh, this kind of, to me, was like, well, what if Richard Jenkins hadn't died in the opener uh, of Six Feet Under? Spoilers, if you haven't seen it. It's the first five minutes of the episode, uh, of the pilot episode. But yeah, it was. It kind of felt to me like, what if Nathaniel Fisher did not get hit by that bus and continued to live his life? And that's the series we saw. Because it's, again, like I already mentioned, we kind of have a, a, a Claire stand-in, if you will. Uh, Duke is giving me a little bit of, uh, of David Fisher vibes, which is good. David is one of my favorite television characters of all time. And there, it's definitely scratching that itch. Uh, but I don't know if I like this show beyond the fact that it just reminds me of Six Feet Under yet. But again, I'm on board. Uh, I'm gonna continue to stick it out. Back into the episode proper, we're building towards the, uh, the party, which is uh, kind of a staple of Six Feet Under, the dinner parties that always, you know, usually go awry or they're, somebody's on drugs during them. So we've got that set up. Uh, again, Ashley and Duke have been doing coke with uh, Ashley's friend from the office. So they're keyed up going into this. Uh, we've also got the youngest daughter who's been established as a bit of a stoner and she's smoking up in her room. And yeah. 
the the party is set. There's a, a whole wait staff that Holly Hunter waves away, and her daughter accuses her of you know wanting everybody to think that she put this all together. And there's there's a lot of stuff at play. We get a little bit more background that they are kind of old hippies. Uh, Tim Robbins is a, a seems like pr- very successful uh, doctor uh, philosopher. And he's written a handful of books, and he has a uh, an admirer in his office, a TA, if I'm not mistaken, who uh, shows up at the party later as well. And he seems a little more engaged with him than he does with any of his, uh, again, not his own children, his adoptive children. And that seems like that's definitely going to come to a head at some point. But uh, we're you know we're basically waiting for for some kind of tension to break throughout this uh, this party. And it basically builds to a sequence where Tim Robbins has to give a speech, uh, much to his dismay. It doesn't really seem like he wants to be up there, but Holly Hunter forces him into it. Audrey, I'll, I'll try and work on using the character names more as we move forward, but for now, it's Tim Robbins and Holly Hunter. Uh, anyways, he she tells him, you know, don't say anything morbid, don't say anything dark. And of course, he kind of can't help himself. He's kind of overwhelmed by... The state of the world, which is kind of in the background of the first episode. It's not in the forefront. There's uh, a handful of mentions. A handful of mentions. There's a single mention of Trump specifically. uh, And these are definitely people who would be uh, not in favor of such things. Uh, So much so to the point where Tim Robbins says, we lost. Uh, That's kind of the note that his speech ends on or is going to end on before it's completely interrupted by another vision that Ramon has. This is teased uh, earlier in the party when we see the candles flicker for just a little bit. But now we see from uh, Ramon's perspective, the candles are, uh, you know, in full bloom and flame is engulfing the kitchen, but it's suspended and it's these kind of like clear bars that then begin, bars of flame that begin moving towards them and you clearly see that they are 11, 11 once again. And he's very alarmed because uh, he kind of snaps out of it and realizes that nobody else saw this. Everybody else is freaking out, like, what the hell's going on with him? Uh, and then Audrey, who's been established as a very uh, very much a helicopter parent, uh, I wonder if we'll get any flashbacks to the intensity or if it'll only be alluded to. But anyways, uh, she immediately wants to get him counseling, and she is a therapist, Uh in her own right, or a psychiatrist, psychologist, again, forgive me, first episode, coming off of one viewing, I'll, I'll probably try and maybe double up on these in the future, but I'm, I'm going to try and get them out by Monday, so seems like a fresh take is what you're going to get most of the time, people. So we uh, roll into a scene with a, uh, a psychiatrist who's speaking to Ramon, Audrey, and Greg by Mr. Peter McDesey. Uh, who you may recognize as Olivier, the eccentric art teacher from, I believe, season two or three, and or three of Six Feet Under. Very memorable character. And so I was glad to see him crop back up. And lo and behold, he's also an executive producer on here now. So I look forward to his character being in there more because he was a fun presence on Six Feet Under. And uh, interested to see what his... uh, producerial impact may be, uh, and I don't know if he wrote any episodes, I need to kind of look more into that, and look more into the creative team, because again, I'm here for Alan Ball, but he's had a lot of collaborators over the years that he likes to work with, and I haven't really looked at the directorial crop, he of course directed the uh, opener, 
And uh, I'll keep you posted on all of that and show notes, all that sort of stuff. So in this scene, we get our first real major conflict between Audrey and Greg, which has been subtly hinted at that they're kind of at odds, uh, but it's been on mute, so to speak. Uh, they almost get into it early in the evening before uh, the birthday party kind of kicks off proper, but it's uh, it's stifled. And he definitely seems like he does not want to talk about it, whatever it is, whatever he was trying to communicate within that speech, whatever his current mindset is. But now they come into direct conflict because he thinks that she is helicopter parenting and freaking the fuck out over the fact that there may be some sort of psychosis involved or uh, some sort of mental illness with what's going on with Ramon, these, these visions that he seems to be having. Uh, or hallucinations, as everybody else sees them. But he thinks that uh, Audrey's being a little rash and everything. Of course, she accuses him of not caring enough, not being worried enough. And they argue back and forth, and everything uh, seems like it's going to kind of come to nothing, uh, even as the, uh, the psychiatrist suggests that Ramon see him exclusively without the parents there, because that would be the best for his therapy. So... Uh, that is in question when Ramon happens to spot out of the corner of his eye a framed photograph of the woman from the opening of the episode with her son next to her, okay? And we end the episode with the revelation, uh, who is that woman, he asks, of course, and the, uh, the therapist replies, that's my mother. Boom. Cut to credits. So, uh, yeah, that... That's that's episode one. That's eleven eleven. Uh, a does a very good job of introducing you to the characters. I don't know if it makes you immediately identify or care about them. That seems to be a huge criticism in a lot of what I've read so far. Uh, it seems like basically critics got uh, four episodes uh, to start with to write their initial reviews, and from the handful that I looked at. Uh, some people didn't even make it past episode one. Some people did not go in for the characters, the tone of the dialogue, the overall feel of it. And I totally, I I can see that. Uh, Alan Ball, definitely not for everyone. Uh, it has a very particular style. And I think this is very true to his style. I think that's why I enjoyed it off the bat and why I'm going to continue to give it a chance. Again, I am here for, for nine weeks. I'm committed to doing it, guys, unless you tell me that this is an absolutely terrible idea and nobody's watching this show and nobody wants to hear about it. Uh, I'm going to do that. And hopefully we can kind of grow a fan community here for people that are interested in it and are going to be following it because I don't know that there's that many aftercasts out there for it. So please uh, get involved. I would love to hear from anybody, uh, especially Six Feet Under fans, uh, what you thought of it specifically, whether it's scratching that itch in a good way, or whether it's not quite living up to the standard that you might be expecting. But again, I encourage you to think back to that pilot of Six Feet Under. And if you were watching that in the context of a week-to-week -week thing, and not as a binge where you immediately roll into episode two, uh, whether you would have been, you know, on board just with that very first episode, if that would be enough to carry you through the entire series. Because I'm a I'm a big proponent, even though this is the most crowded age uh, of entertainment there is. There's so much to watch, so much to keep track of, so much that people are constantly yelling at you that you need to be watching. It's hard to settle on what to spend your time on. So this is an investment 
for sure, and it could end up being a, a futile uh, enterprise. Uh, I may not end up liking this, but I think that'll still be interesting to chart. Uh, you may see how my how I may fall out of love with Alan Ball. We'll see what happens. But for now, I am on board. I am intrigued. The uh, In the Weeks to Come trailer afterwards, very, uh, very intriguing for me personally. Six Feet Under is a show that... Uh, delved into the supernatural in some aspects, but it was always more, uh, it was always very character focused. They would have the, uh, talking to the deceased element, talking to their father and also some of the different corpses that, uh, are interred at the funeral home. And there's moments of surrealism for sure. And those are some of my favorite aspects of six feet under that it, it got weird, so to speak. I hope that this show, uh, continues to toy with that. But I also hope that the setup that we're given here of what's going on with Ramon is not this ongoing thing that we continue to play with because that could con conceivably get a little tedious. It's all in how it's handled. But uh, I can see where I could end up really loving this show and I could see where I could end up feeling kind of middle of the road on it. But uh, for now, uh, I'm, I'm pretty pretty positive coming off the pilot. I'll be back here next week. I hope you'll join me. In the meantime, uh, email me, thearcofe at gmail.com, or shout out me on Instagram, thearcofe network, on Twitter and Facebook, at thearcofe. Let me know what you thought of the pilot. Uh, let me know what you think of the, the show itself. Again, the TV arc is not going anywhere. We'll still have normal episodes of that up, but you can look forward to every Monday uh, hearing my thoughts on the latest episode of Here and Now good or bad, and hopefully uh, maybe I'll get some guests on future episodes so it's not just me. Hopefully I have enough uh, listener feedback that maybe I can read some of that on the air and it'll be like having somebody here. Uh, also, I'll see about getting a, uh, a Google line set up that you can call into, leave me voicemails, etc. Any questions you might have about the show, any questions directed at me in general. And uh, yeah, so again, let me know what you thought. Really intrigued. Want to try and grow a bit of a fan community here if we can, if anybody cares. And we'll continue to chart the critical reaction, see if this thing kind of turns around uh, as we get into episodes 5 uh, through 10 that people have not seen yet. And yeah, mixed reviews. Uh, I definitely, I would say, just go watch it first. If you haven't delved into any of that, go in relatively blind and then just see how you feel about it get an honest assessment and then take a look at what people are saying but i will give you a heads up that uh it's definitely a mix to negative bag out there so i i might be one of the lone voices who is is pretty positive on the pilot i'm definitely intrigued by it uh it's hard to separate uh going back and watching the six feet under pilot the way i did this morning it's hard to divorce yourself from what you know of where the show goes ultimately. So things have even more dramatic weight than you may have assigned to them the first time you watch it. And it's hard to think back to a show that you've been through multiple times and really dwell in that first impression. But that being said, I think this is a good pilot, but this is not one that immediately grabs me as, oh my God, that just completely floored me. It, uh, it's intriguing. And I think that's all you need to be for a, a family drama with some potentially uh, supernatural aspects to it, which I hope they get more into. I hope it gets weird. Uh, and I, I, for the sake of the cast alone, 
and I hope you guys will come along for whatever this journey ends up being. Again, I'll be here every Monday for the next nine weeks as we discuss Here and Now from HBO and Mr. Alan Ball. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back very, very soon with a new TV arc episode for you. Don't know what it's going to be, but uh, yeah, Gavin will be back on mic. So yeah, if you hated this, let me know if I'm terrible on mic solo, if I ramble way too much. I'm going to try and keep it short and brief. Hopefully, uh, future episodes, I'll have more to delve into. But for now, this has been Here and Now, Episode 11 covered by the TV arc and myself, Noah Blanchard. Uh, until next week, live in the here and now. Music